Welcome to Hope Reclaimed. On this podcast, we talk about lasting healing from divorce, trauma, and loss through Jesus Christ, because healing and true redemption have already been extended by a good God. Sometimes he's inviting us to partner with him and receive that healing for ourselves. My name is Ellie Hope Collins, and I'm the host of this podcast, founder of HopeReclaimedMinistries.com, and a coach for individuals healing from divorce, trauma, and loss. In 2016, I discovered my ex-husband's long-term affair, and I was totally broken. Although I was desperate for a restored marriage, that's not what happened. But it wasn't until I chose to go back to every restaurant, listen to every song, and relive every memory that reminded me of my marriage and truly surrender everything to God that I really began to live a reclaimed life. And I'm now on a mission to help men and women just like you see true and lasting healing through Jesus. Whether you're experiencing the painful effects of divorce, grieving the death of a spouse, or beginning to accept the loss of a dream, you're in the right place. Complete healing and restoration is possible. Welcome to Hope Reclaimed. Today we have a very special episode with Laura Quam. She lives in Minneapolis and she is speaking today about her chronic illness. She is somebody who has dealt with chronic illness for many years and she's going to be sharing that story today and she's passionate about encouraging those people similar to her um, and actually empowering them as well. She is a nanny and she's also a business owner helping others with similar health struggles. So if this is you today, if this speaks to you, I want to encourage you in this episode and just know that you're not alone in this. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, even if you are in this messy middle and you're going to hear Laura's story of being in the messy middle and feeling confused in this time. So be encouraged and know that you're not alone. Enjoy the episode. Laura, we're finally doing it. We're finally oh, yeah. doing it. I'm so excited. <laughs> yes, me too. Welcome to the podcast. I'm glad that you're here. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. How are you feeling now? Because you just had the big C. You just had COVID. Yeah, as I did. did. I. Yeah, that's right. But I did not have it as bad as you. So, so how are you feeling now? I'm feeling a lot better. Um, breathing is still a bit challenging, but overall, I'm not bedridden. So. That's Praise God, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It Praise was awful. The, Praise the Lord. Yeah. That's, it's just such an interesting time. And, um, you know, actually like knowing people that have it and experiencing it yourself and yeah. hearing about hospitalizations, but then actually like knowing people that are hospitalized. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, this is actually pretty serious. And yeah. like, this does need to be taken seriously. And, yeah. um, yeah. Just praise God that you're, that yeah. you're well and that you're yeah, doing I'm so thankful <laughs> that you're doing well and thank the Lord for technology because we can be recording like this. Yes. This is just awesome. Perfect. So, you know, I mean, when I was, when I was, when I, when I'm putting together these podcasts, I love having variety. I love having, you know, sharing people's testimonies that have gone through divorce and that got, have gone through infidelity, um, marital abuse. I mean, these are hard stories um, but I love sharing them. And I also love sharing stories and people that have listened to my podcast for a while have seen that I've also shared stories of people that are outside of, you know, marital infidelity and, yeah. and divorce. And, but the common theme is that God heals and that he brings restoration to our lives, even in the messy middle, even in this yeah. time of, of, you know, not necessarily seeing all the pieces together in the moment, but God is here and he's 
available for restoration. And that's what your testimony is. And it blesses me so much. So I would love for you to just dive in girl and share your kind of your messy middle, um, how it started and where you are now. So yeah, when I was really young, I, I really struggled at a young age with abdominal migraines. Like that was like the, the biggest thing that I dealt with, like when I was younger and I really struggled with being sent to the ER, like for stomach pain, like not feeling like I had a lot of answers. Like my parents were very concerned about like, what is going on when I was like 10 years old. And, um, it was just like hard to pinpoint what the real reason was because I felt like going into doctor's appointments, we left without any answers. And it was just Mm -hmm. like, Oh, we're going to give you this medication and hopefully that helps you kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. But it was just like hard as like a little girl of like, okay, I just want to be a kid and play or like do like the normal basic things without feeling like I am confined to my stomach issues or the different symptoms that would come up of just like, um, yeah, it was just like hard to like understand like what God was doing in that moment as a young girl who just wanted to be a you just kid. wanted to be normal. Yeah. So you, yeah. you said, you said, um, abdominal migraines. So yeah. that basically means like phantom stomach pain, right? Yeah. Yeah. I went to like stomach specialists, like when I was younger yeah. and they did all these different tests on it and gave me some medication and told me that I would be on that for the rest of my life oh, uh, wow. to just manage it. And then so I was on it for like several years and then mm-hmm. I didn't feel like it was helping. I still felt like I had the stomach pain, nothing really improved, but I just did what the doctors told me to do. Cause that's kind of what it is. Like you just yeah. kind of go with what the doctors say. Um, especially at that time with my parents, not really understanding what was going on. I didn't understand what was going on. So it was kind of just like, okay, this is what the norm is. And I'll just yeah. be on this medication for the rest of my life to manage the symptoms. Um, so that was a big part of like my childhood. And then I had surgery on my head and there was, um, like a cyst growing and it created like so much pain for me, um, at a very young age. And I couldn't even brush my hair without feeling like immense, like head pain. Um, so I got that removed. Um, And that was just like a crazy experience at probably like 12 years old. I had that done. Um, And it was very traumatizing, like being a girl, like being wheeled into this room and like getting the surgery done, but then also like waking up during the surgery. And like, I just remember like seeing like all these doctors surrounding me and I had like my teddy bear in my arms and I was like, I should not be awake right now during this surgery. You woke up during the surgery. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's not cool. Yeah. And that was like really scary. And I think like ever since then, I have not enjoyed like going to hospitals um, because it just brings up a lot of memories. Um, I think a that lot time. of people don't enjoy going to hospitals, yeah. but especially yeah. a traumatic experience, like yeah. waking up during yeah. head surgery. Yeah. Like not yeah. cool. No. Yeah. So then I just remember like I was holding my teddy bear, like, oh my gosh, trying, I don't know. It was just like, it's like kind of like a vague like memory now, Mm -hmm. 
but I felt like for so long, it was like so clear, um, in my own mind of like that experience. And wow. so then like, after that, I was just like going about life, like trying to do like what I can do with what, like my capacity was with right. health. Um, and then just be like, trying to just like push through like with the unknowns and the uncertainty of health, but then also trying to like create a life that was like really full and like, like full of passion to like go do things. And like, I love traveling. I love like being active, but then there was like moments where I had to like step away from that because of health. Like it was paralyzing. And, um, so I just went like throughout life, like kind of trying to ignore the pain because I was just like, well, it's going to be there anyway. So I might as well just live my life to the right. fullest, the best that I can or know how to. Um, but then I, I got like kind of better. I don't know. I felt like throughout my life, it's been like a roller coaster where it's like, it's like up and down, up and down. And you never know if it's going to be a hard day or like a decent day with health. Right. Um, so that was always just like confusing of like, okay, wh- like waking up today, is it going to be a hard day to show up for my day? Or is it going to be an easier day to show up for yeah. my day? Um, so then I was getting a lot better, like probably like in high school. Um, I didn't really notice it or I just got used to it. And I was like, kind of like, okay, like this well, is the normal, this is it. The baseline is like yeah. feeling pretty subpar. Yeah. Yeah. But I wasn't like thriving. I was just like, just surviving, just like getting through my day miserably. Um, so then when I got like decently better, I ended up feeling cold to go do YWAM in Germany. Mm-hmm. And then I went to Kenya for the outreach phase. Um, yeah. YWAM that- is youth with a mission for those people yes. that don't know it. Yes. So it's the largest, um, the largest mission organization in the world. And they're, they're all over, all over the world. And it's basically a three month, um, it can be about three months of, of classroom work all about the Bible and the character of God. And then there's a a cross-cultural experience, which is the outreach, typically cross-cultural. Yeah. Yeah. So So I'm a, I'm a YWAMer myself. So that's, yeah. So that's like, I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I went to Germany for that. And then I did, I went to Kenya and I was there for two and a half months and then came back to the U S ended up getting sick, like for like about two months. Like it was awful. And because I was in the U S for 10 months at that point, doctors didn't think it would, could it could be malaria. So you, uh, so you would, sorry. So you would came back from, from Kenya and you were home for 10 months. Yes. And then I got sick. Okay. Wow. At that point. And I was fully bedridden. Like I couldn't do anything. And we went to several doctors in that time frame, and they just told me like, Oh, you're depressed. Like just go home and sleep. And oh wow, I just very well that Africa and malaria can very well like go together. Um, Mm -hmm. but it was not on the doctor's radar that it could potentially be malaria. Um, so then I was just like going to doctors, just had to quit my job because I was a hostess at a, at a restaurant and I just couldn't go to, go to work anymore. And 
my parents were like super concerned because they're like, Laura, you are not the type of person to just be sitting on the couch for endless amount of time. Um, So that was like very unlike me to just not have the energy for much. Um, And then finally, like I ended up getting a really bad migraine, like a really bad migraine, but then also a really bad fever. And my dad called a friend doctor and he was like, these are Laura's symptoms. Like, what should we do? Because it was yeah. months of being fully sick. Yeah. And he was like, if she has a fever, you need to take her into the ER right now, because that's the best way to test for malaria at that point, because malaria was in my system for so long. I mean, it was like at that point, like a year oh my gosh. that it was in yeah. my system. Um, and but it was like, doctors were not advocating for me of like, okay, let's just do a simple test. Like they wouldn't even do that for malaria. Um, and so I was in the hospital. I ended up being in the hospital for five days and it was like the worst, it, it was like the worst, but like a really, really beautiful time mm-hmm. um, to just see God work in that like hospital visit. Wow. Uh, because I think the biggest part was like, okay, yes. Like I had to do like blood transfusions and all these tests throughout like the five days that I was there and a lot of treatment because malaria was like deteriorating my body at that point. And, um, there was like a lot of like unanswered questions. And at one point, like the doctors thought I had leukemia and brought that word up. And I was, I was completely distraught with that. Like, thankfully, like it ended up not being leukemia, Um, but like, I just saw like God's hand in that experience of like, like thousands of people praying for healing for me, because like at that point it was like, okay, we can do so much, but it got to a point where like the doctors were like, there's not much else we can do. And you're still so sick. So I like needed a miracle to happen. And my gosh, I'm like, I don't know. It was just like amazing to see like just the interactions with nurses and Mm. being able to like, just love on them and like love on the doctors when I was like in the hospital bed and like seeing like friends come and visit and a really hard and like just a time that I didn't enjoy. But at at the same time, I saw God's hand in all of it. And there was amazing. That is amazing. Could you see it? I'm curious. Could you see God's hand when you were in it or did you see it in retrospect? Honestly, like walking through like the experience of malaria, I totally saw God's hand in it. Wow. That is amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. Like I never really feared that like, okay, malaria is going to take my life, but like also trusting that like, okay, if that was like the way that God would take my life, then that would be the way that God would take my life. Um, But then also like, it's been cool, like with malaria that I've been able to like go to other countries and share with them, like my story of having malaria. And they're always like, so stunned that I survived it. So it's been cool to like share that piece of my story with people overseas that I've been able to meet. And they're like really encouraged by it. Seriously. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic that you can, that you can say yeah, I didn't, I, I, I'm still standing after that. Yeah. Because like so many people don't believe that that's a thing. They're like, okay, if you get malaria, then 
you just like, it's like common to die from it. And right. Absolutely. um, It's kind of like a, I mean, it's kind of like a death sentence in a lot of countries. Yeah. Wow. That is, that is just crazy. So, Mm -hmm. so you're, you know, you're sitting in the hospital for five days treatment for this. How did you see the breakthrough? What, what happened on that was that you were able to go home? Um, it was actually like right before Thanksgiving. So it was like several years ago where like the doctors were bringing up the fact that I could have, they wanted to test me for leukemia. Mm -hmm. Um, my mom wanted me to do a bone marrow biopsy, even though it wasn't like a for sure thing that it was leukemia. Um, but I ended up not doing that. Cause I was just like, I am not going through that pain. So I think like during that time, I really had to like surrender just whatever God was doing, like whether it was like leukemia, whether it was malaria, whether it was like, at one point the doctor said that it could be both of those diagnoses at one wow. point. Um, I think like, I just had to really like surrender what God was doing in that hospital room and trust him that he will like, he is good no matter what. Like, and I think just seeing, yeah, like seeing at the end of my hospital visit, like there was like a lot of breakthrough, like even just those little things where I saw like change, I gained a lot more energy or I was able to like walk to the bathroom without feeling pain or like feeling like I could hold a conversation with someone who would visit me and not feeling like I could just sleep the entire time. Um, Yeah. So I think just like seeing like those little changes really helped me to like really fight like until I saw like the bigger breakthrough Um, and to just see like those like little encouragements throughout the way or like seeing like the nurses like being able to encourage me of like, okay, Laura, you can do it. Like, yeah, like we're here for you. And totally. um, And then just knowing that like thousands of people around the world were praying for healing and It's fantastic. Um, That just like blew me away to like know that that was a reality. And I was like so thankful for that. Um, that people would like take the time to pray for healing when yeah, a lot of the people I didn't even know. So wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So so what was what happened then? So I went home. Um I was still like in like the recovery, like taking it slow, but it was like probably like the best like Thanksgiving like so far, like just like believing like, okay, there's like so much breakthrough and yeah, Laura's here. And, um, so that was like a really sweet, like Thanksgiving to spend with family in California. Um, and then, so I got a lot better. It was like another like episode of abdominal migraines again. So like walking through that all over again, by that time. Um, and then just like also having like the effects from malaria that don't just automatically go away. Um, but could be like a reoccurring, um, symptom. Right. Um, so there can be like kind of a, kind of like a, yeah, almost like a relapse of a lot of the, the effects of malaria. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, so confusing. It's so rocky and it's like, so undetermined of like, okay, what is this going to look like? Um, so yeah, I went home, I just like rested a lot and just like continued to believe like for like ultimate healing and not just, yeah, just like believe that like, okay, believing that like malaria is not going to affect the entirety of like my life and that it'll just like end at a point and I won't feel like 
the effects by it. So then I was walking through that and like believing that God was still calling me overseas. Um, I, I did something called the world race where you go to 11 countries in 11 months, um, doing missions work. And I fully believe that God was still calling me there. And that, and it was just like, okay, God, like I will trust you in this. So you did that after the malaria episode? That is brave. Yeah. Like Um, you just got malaria in Kenya and then you're going all over the world. I mean, the world race is like, you actually go around the world, right? Yeah. Yeah. You go to like my route. We went to like Asia, Europe, and Africa. Yeah. Man, that's incredible. Okay. So you did the world race. Yeah. So then during that period, I felt like, I felt like sickness wasn't like a huge hiccup during that year, which I was just like, okay, this is God. Like protecting me and to not feel like I'm like being like miserable the entire time. Like I didn't even notice a lot of it. Like it was amazing to like see that God's hand was on that year, just like with health related things. And also you're not going to allow the sickness and the things that have happened to you hold you back from, from living your full life. Like you had that mentality as a kid. It sounds, it sounded like, like, yeah, you have these abdominal migraines. I'm going to just be a kid and keep living, even though I'm in pain. Like that's incredible. So then I was gone for a year, didn't notice a lot of health issues during that time. And then, um, when I got back to the U S in 2000 and must've been 2014, I, I felt like God was calling me to Minnesota to attend the school to end up overseas, um, as a full-time missionary. And as I was like preparing for that season of life, I felt very strongly that God is in like my health journey. Like he has been in like leading me into really hard things that are getting me out of my comfort zone or just like reclaiming my health of like, okay, God, like you are in this with me and that I'm not alone in it. And that I'm not going to let it like paralyze me to not do things in life. For about when I was there for a year, I ended up getting diagnosed with Lyme disease Um, that like spiraled pretty quickly um, in my life. And I think it was in my system for way longer than we thought it was Um, because Lyme disease like years late, like years ago, they didn't believe that Lyme disease was even a thing. A lot of the time, like it was, it just wasn't super well known. Um, and the symptoms are kind of bizarre and how they show up with people. So even now, a lot of people like the, the tests, they they don't necessarily do tests for Lyme's disease right away. Right. No, no. Yeah. So so it took a long time to get a test done. Um, and I think that's been like a reoccurring thing in my journey of like, sounds like it having like like a delayed, like testing done for different things. And like, that's been really hard for me of just like feeling like advocated for in my health journey when Mm -hmm. doctors are not advocating for me. It's like, okay, I have to like extra advocate for myself or like my parents have to advocate for me to to say, this is really what I think it is, or this is what I need. And, and I mean, it's so hard. This is maybe a little bit of a tangent, but you know, we have to believe that people are trying their best, right? I mean, like doctors have taken a vow (laughs) to, 
to advocate for their patients. And so we have to believe that they are trying their best for sure. And it just is unfortunate that you've had all these situations that haven't been, that you haven't always felt like you were advocated for, even though I'm sure they're just trying their best. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And sometimes their best is not the best. Yeah. And I mean, that, that's so complicated, especially when you've had such compounded issues in your life, Mm -hmm. the, the abdominal migraines, you know, the, the head issues and Mm -hmm. the, the malaria and then the Lyme's disease and all of these situations were maybe not, were just like a lot of trauma around medical issues. I can't even imagine that. And that's, you know, it's not to blame these doctors, but it's just to say, this is your experience. And it just happened to be a really unfortunate one. Yeah. Yeah. And totally totally knowing that like, okay, everyone's human. And I think that's when, like when Lyme disease hit, it was like, okay, I need to show grace on doctors because like, they don't know everything. Like, I mean, like just some people don't know that like with malaria, it stays dormant for like up to two years, but because um, also malaria isn't something we get in the U S no. yeah. <laughs> praise, go- yeah. praise God. Right. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so it's yeah. not something so it's that like, they see every day. Yeah. So it's like, just like showing grace on doctors and knowing that like, okay, everyone's human. I don't know. I think there's just like little steps that are helpful of like, just like knowing that like, okay, I was in Africa and malaria is very common there. Yes. So like for me, that was like a common sense type thing. But then it's like for doctors, it's like, okay, no, let's wait it out, like wait it out 10 Mm. months before doing a simple test. Um, So it's just like kind of understanding like where doctors heads are at with trying to figure out, okay, how to take care of this patient and like how to navigate like all the bizarre symptoms that are coming up. And because to me, it doesn't make any sense, but also there's just things to like simply do, um, to get to like an answer. So yeah, when I was diagnosed with Lyme disease, that was while I was at school, um, I was at college and I had a classmate who dealt with Lyme for a long period of time. And he was like a huge, huge encouragement for me of like, okay, Laura, this is what you should do. This is what you shouldn't do. Um, I felt very strongly when I got diagnosed that I did not want to do like the typical like chemical type treatments because I never heard of anyone finding success in them, but they would fork over thousands and thousands of dollars for it. Um, and my friend, he really encouraged me to go like the more holistic route. So that's what I did. And I felt very strongly that that was like the way that God was leading me to, Mm -hmm. um, because I didn't want to fill my body with more antibiotics. I didn't want to do like all the prescribed medications that I've been on for the, for most of my life. Um, because that, I just knew that yeah. at that point that was just like destroying my body and it's not benefiting my life in any right. way. Right. Uh, like, yes, like sometimes like antibiotics are really important, but like yeah. long-term that's just like not the route that I would love to go. Yeah. Um, and 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 that's, that's the beautiful thing about being able to advocate for yourself in your health journey to, to partner with the Holy spirit and say, God, which direction do you want me to go? Because somebody could be diagnosed with Lyme and, and then say, okay, I am going to go this traditional medical route. And that's like, 
great. God yeah. can heal and he can bring, totally. he can bring healing through medication. Yeah. He can also bring healing through whole, the holistic approach. Yeah. Yeah. And we just have to be in process with him about totally. it and seek wisdom yeah. from people that have been there from, yeah. from people that have more wisdom than us. So I love that you incorporated that in your decision-making. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, dealing with Lyme was, was just another fight for me to walk through. And, um, a lot of the days, like I felt like I was dragging my feet out of my bed every morning to try and go to class or go to work. Um, and yeah, it was a challenging. Cause I think like for me, like in that, like season of my life, like I just knew that I had to show up for my life. Like I had to show up for yeah myself, like in my school and I just needed to keep on going, even though I didn't have the energy or felt like my body was going to like fall apart because yeah. it was hard to walk or there was like different seasons where like I had to be carried because I literally couldn't walk anywhere or be in a wow. wheelchair when my body was just like not cooperating and um and just like having like so many other symptoms that were very familiar from like the rest of my life but felt so heavy and like so hard to continue to like face like the extreme fatigue or like the constant migraines or just like see I think like with Lyme I think that was like the hardest point of having hope for my future because I think that was just another thing for me to face and I was like okay this is the end of it like this is gonna be the normal this is gonna be how life is. Yeah. Like I'm like, just going to have to show up to life. Yeah. In pain being yeah. carried to work. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, th- that must've been a lot of, I mean, d- did you experience depression or, or anything like that? Hopelessness within, within that time? Oh yeah. I think, I think in the moment I didn't necessarily think it was depression, but mm-hmm. looking back, I definitely think there was periods of time of depression and just hopelessness. Like I felt like, I mean, for lunch, I couldn't even go to lunch. Like I had to go to my dorm room and take a nap because I just had to muster at least a little bit of energy for the rest of my day. Um, Or feeling like I couldn't hang like my sophomore year. I felt like I had to say no to so many friends from hanging out because my body was just not you couldn't do it. Like, I just couldn't do it. Like it was like, it was too hard to think of hanging out with a friend, even though that's like my deepest desire. And that was like the hardest aspect of Lyme is like, I felt like I lost so many friends because I couldn't be intentional Hmm. with hanging out. And I hated like how I had to say no to people from hanging out or um, or you couldn't be there for them no. in their stuff because yeah. you were, because you were at yeah. capacity within yourself. Yeah. So I think like, that's when like a lot of, cause like pain isn't only like physically, like what yeah. I was facing, it was like emotionally, spiritually, yes. mentally, um, was really hard. And mm-hmm. just like knowing how to like navigate all of that well, when sickness was so in my face yeah. at that point for so long with all the bumps in the roads throughout life. Wow. Um, 
So what, what happened at that point? You're, you're in school going through all this stuff. Yeah. What Um, happened then? Yeah. So I was, when I went to the school, I was preparing to do the four-year program, but Mm -hmm. when Lyme happened, I had to say no to the four-year program because I just couldn't do it. So I graduated with my AA at the school. And that was honestly like probably like the hardest decision that I had to make in advocating for myself because my heart was to end up overseas and to be a missionary, to like live in Africa. Um, And like laying that down was like so hard because like health was so evident in my life at that point of like, okay, no, like I can't go do what my deepest heart's desire is to do because I have to take care of my health. Like I need to get to a better place with health. Did it feel at times like you were letting you, you were, you were letting this win kind of yeah, like, because you had, you had the sort of this mentality you had, you were talking about of, not letting, just living your life, not letting, not letting this thing win, not letting this, the, the chronic illness win, but then, you know, you're making a decision, a very big decision for your life based on that. That must've been really discouraging at times. Yeah. It was so discouraging. I had such a hard time making that decision, but I knew that it was the best yes that I could give God of like, okay, trusting him with saying no to going overseas, overseas, but saying yes to staying in the U S like that was my best. Yes. Even though it didn't, it wasn't the easiest for me. Um, but trusting that God still had a plan in my life, even though it yeah. looked a lot different than what I had expected or hoped for. Um, yeah, it was a just lot like of trust. a lot of like emotions and like a lot yeah. of trust and a, ton a lot of, trust. of discouragement and like a lot of surrender. Yeah. Um, and just like being obedient because I think like, like committing to like going overseas was such a big deal for me, but also committing to being obedient to stay where God had planted me yeah. was still like a good obedient, like action that I just had to do. Um, even though, even though it was the hardest thing I could ever decide to do. Right. Right. And, and, you know, so, so this program that you were in this, this yeah. four-year program, you would have gone overseas. Yeah. For so, two so, years. so you were, so, so that's what we're talking about here yeah. too, that yeah. you were saying no to two years overseas doing an, doing an international mission program. Yeah. And, and saying yes to staying in the U S and that must've been so challenging. Mm -hmm. So, so I would love to hear where you are now. What is, what has, you know, where, where has God brought you now? Yeah. Um, honestly, like the last like three years, I, I feel like it's been like a very big journey of just like reclaiming my health and honestly, like being in a way better place than I have ever been in because I started like taking care of my body holistically and taking care of like gut health, which I learned that three years ago of how important that is and how (laughs) that's linked to like so many different illnesses that I've had. 
but I didn't know that for most of my life, how important that was. So, um, that has been like a really sweet thing to just like continue to learn and continue to implement in my life. And I have been able to just see God's hand in just like a lot of breakthrough, like whether it's like big or small, like so believing that he has a specific plan for my life. And yes, come on. The last like few years, it has been sweet to like walk alongside other people who have walked through their own health journey, like whether it's like similar to mine or not. It's like, I want to link arms with people who are struggling in their health because it does feel like very lonely. Like it is not like an easy yeah. place to like be in a lot of the time. And I think my heart is to continue to advocate for other people and continue to like support them in whatever need that is. And that's been able, like, that's been able to like happen in the last few years because I'm in like a healthier spot and I have been for a while now. And I'm so thankful to see that breakthrough and how God has like, just like really like shifted a lot of like what I believed in myself previously, but now it's like, okay, no, like I, like, I don't feel like sickness is my identity anymore, but that was the belief that I had on myself like Hmm. years prior. So it's like, I have like a different mindset of like just worth and that like, okay, life has purpose. And like, there is full like moments, like even walking through trials or um, yeah, just like really seeking just like the opportunities that I have in front of my face now and seeing that like God has shifted my heart, like with different dreams. And, um, it's been really cool to see that there is a lot of hope and that people need to see that hope for themselves as well. And sometimes it happens after walking through trial and Mm -hmm. like, over and over and over again. Like it's hard to see the hope in the midst of it, but yeah, like looking back it, like, it just seems like more apparent that there is hope even when it doesn't feel like it. Absolutely. And I love that you, and you had touched on this earlier that you were able to see some of those hope nuggets in the middle of the disappointment and in the middle of the hardship. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. But then you can see more of them on the other side, when you're in a healthier place, when you're not in crisis mode and you can see, you can look back and say, wow, there actually was hope in that. And there actually is a lot of hope for my future, even though right now your life isn't looking like you thought it would look. Yeah. It's not looking like all of those pieces are together either. And International missions could be in your future. You know, I mean, this is like God, God knows the desires of our heart. He's placed those in us to lead us to, to where he wants us to be ultimately. And man, that is just, that's so beautiful that you can see the hope for your future, but then also that there was hope in the past too. Yeah. 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 So cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just like excited. I think I think I'm more so just like excited and like, so, um, so believing that like God has a plan, like, and knowing that like, okay, my dreams have shifted like throughout like the time that I dealt with health and, but it's also like, okay, God does know the desires of my heart and 
he will make a way, whatever that looks like. I just have, like, I don't need to know my five-year plan. I just have to take that first step and be confident in that first step and those smaller baby steps and not think, okay, I need to have like this grand plan in my life, like, but also just trusting him in the midst of it. Um, So it's just been beautiful to see that like saying yes to staying in Minnesota has allowed so many opportunities to happen Hmm. that really align with my heart too, that I wouldn't have ever experienced if I were to move overseas. Um, so that's been a really neat, cool. Like what I, I worked at a nonprofit called Esther homes. Um, so they, they like bring in single moms and pregnant women in like a transitional housing program. So I was a live-in staff member throughout that time. And I did that for like probably 18 months. Um, That's awesome. And that was like amazing. It was amazing to really advocate for these moms and um, really encourage them that like they are capable of doing hard things. Like they are capable of taking those brave steps to further their future. And whether that's like going to school or getting a job, like helping them with those goals that they have and seeing them like as they leave be in a more stable place. Cause a lot of them come from like homelessness or like crisis situations. Mm-hmm. So it's like, come like fully coming alongside them and supporting them and where they're at and like really seeing them like with God's eyes. And because like outside of Esther homes, like a lot of them don't have support from family yeah. members or friends. So it's like Esther homes is like, it's it core wow. like support that they have. So it was just really neat to like be a part of that. Um, so cool. for a long period of time and continuing to like build relationships with the moms there and establishing like just those friendships. And, um, so that was like really cool to see God make that happen, which like is a big part of my heart of like what I would have hoped for, like doing that kind of thing, like overseas. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like a full circle where it's like, <laughs> yeah, it looks different, but it's also like a big passion of mine. Yeah. Um, and, and those, and those, moments like living on mission can happen yeah, here totally. in the U.S. <laughs> it can totally. happen in our yeah. backyard. Yeah that's really something that God really showed me of like okay Laura like what you have a heart for for doing overseas like you can do right where you're at in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and like that was just like such a good reminder for me to just fully know that like yeah that is true like I don't yes. have to be overseas in order to do God's will like I can do it right where I'm at and know that there's like such a great need in Minnesota or California yep. or wherever. Um, but just like being confident in where he has me. That's so beautiful. Uh, yeah. One of the things that the Lord's really taught me is a lot of times in those, these moments that we feel that we're waiting, mm-hmm. it's actually, we are actually activated Yeah, and it may feel like we're waiting and it may feel like we're waiting for these promises because we are, Mm -hmm. but in that waiting, there is actually an activation of our potential and of the calling that God has placed in our lives. And, you know, you're, you're waiting to see a lot of these things, but then even in that waiting, Mm -hmm. God's working, you're doing (laughs) because waiting is actually an active thing of, of, still stepping in, still just remaining hopeful for these promises, but then also stepping into what God has for us in the moment too. So I commend you for that. That's beautiful. Thank you. That's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. This was, I mean, this conversation is 
is heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so important because God is, man, God, God has worked in your life and your testimony is powerful because, you know, God, God doesn't like cause these bad things to happen, but he is using them. And even just, even just you sharing this testimony, I think is going to be really encouraging for people. Um, so what I would, what I would love too is if, if anybody's interested in, I mean, do you have social media? Do you like, yeah. do you post about this stuff? If somebody wants to get a hold of you um, or, or follow your stuff, how, how could they do that? Yeah, they can follow me on Instagram. My handle is Laura K. Quam. Um, and then Facebook, if they want to follow me there, um, cool. it's just Laura Quam. So yeah. Awesome. Yes. I will put that information in the show notes too. So people can follow you if they if they desire but yeah you're always posting encouraging things over on instagram i love that and i love instagram it's my place yeah <laughs> it's a good place it's definitely a good place that's usually where i'm hanging out the most yeah. too uh-huh. on instagram yeah i just i love that laura thank you for your encouragement thank you for your story your vulnerability and um how are you feeling right now i i just want to ask that i mean we, we touched a little bit you ha- you got covid which is like yes. another terrible thing that yes. happened but but how are you feeling how's your health like in this moment it is so great good yeah so good yeah. there's hope right yes there is there's so always hope. hope yes <laughs> and don't give up before you see your breakthrough amen amen yeah. thank you friend for for sharing your story today it blesses me so much thank you so much i appreciate it